Hi, I'm Marilyn Dennis, and this is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. This episode, I'll be chatting with award-winning Canadian stand-up comedian, Deb DiGiovanni. Hailing from a small town in Ontario, Deborah moved to L.A., California six years ago, and she's currently self-isolating. Deborah has performed her lighthearted comedy all across Canada, including the well-renowned Just for Laughs Festival. In fact, she was the first female comic to headline a Just for Laughs tour. Today, she's going to reveal the lighter side of lockdown. We're going to find out how she's coping personally and as a performer with no audience and what Deborah's advice is to aspiring stand-up comics. I don't know why I'm calling her Deborah because I know her as Deb D. Giovanni. Hey, Deb. Hi, Marilyn. Oh, it's good Hi, to see sweetie. you. Hi, sweetie. It's so good to see you. Your hair looks fabulous. Um, yeah, you know what this is, except for the gray. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, this is doing rollers the night before, sleeping on it, uh, and then this is right. what we do. Right, right, right. right. All the secret. Uh, right. My hair takes like eight hours to dry, so I'm like, I can't. I have to be ready in the morning. Yeah, I gotcha. And it's early when yeah. we're calling you. We're talking it, it, to you. Yeah, so, I mean, you know. Or, or is it early? Or is it late night for you? It is. I mean, it's like, it's like it's after nine now. I get up early. I wake up. I'm an early riser. So, but you have to you have to do shows sometimes. Or back in the day when you did go on stage, you, back you, in you the were day. late. Oh yeah. yeah. See, this is the thing with with the quarantine. I have like. I'm on a regular schedule and I have to tell you, I'm quite enjoying it. You know, going to bed at like 11, waking up at seven, it's very normal and humane and lovely. And I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy it for as long as I can because you're what right. Do you, like what do you normally, what, what do you normally do though? Let's say when you go normally, to a show. Like the, normally it's, yeah, normally it's, um, oh God, it's just evening work. You know what I mean? I usually, I'm, I leave my house around seven and I can, sometimes I get home at nine 30, but sometimes I get home at two you know, it's um, yeah, a lot of yeah. the clubs now, they do very late shows. Like they'll, they'll do a midnight starting show. And when a show starts at midnight, it actually means 1245 because nothing ever runs oh. on time. So it's just, mm. and I have these moments and I'm like, I am an old woman. What am I doing? This is for the kids. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is uh, 1245. Oh, I need a nap. I need a nap. You need, I know, I know. I don't know how you do it. I don't, I don't know either. how you do it. I don't. And then, and, and I, I'm going to talk about some of the stuff that you put on Twitter, but before that, mm-hmm. yeah. so you, it's a better routine for you right now. And you're uh, also yeah. doing zoom shows. So, I mean, it's yes. not like you're not still performing. So tell us about that. Yeah. Well, this is, this is the thing. I mean, you know, I just preface it by, of course, saying we're, it's, this is awful where we're in, you know, it's, it's, it's scary. It's unprecedented. But there is an element of it that I'm really quite enjoying because, you know, normal, I spend my life on the road. You know, I, I, I haven't, I haven't not flown in this long in years and years and years. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm a very fortunate girl, but I spend my life on the road. So I never know where I am and I'm always in different time zones. So just like kind of being in, you know, the same time zone and having a schedule is really quite it's lovely, you know, and now that the world and they did it so quickly too. It's so funny that we were, I think comedy had like two weeks off and then immediately people were like, Oh no, no, we'll do, we'll do shows on Instagram live and zoom mm-hmm. and uh, Twitch and all the things. So yes, yeah, so I still get to perform. I don't get to perform as much as I normally um, do. And of course it's different, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not perfect, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it scratches the itch. And I, and that's really just because I, I can't, I don't think I could take, months and months off of never performing. I just can't. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I mean, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. not, and you know what the, and then, and the really fun thing is that now because 
we're all Zooming. You know, um, last night I did a show in San Francisco. Last Monday I was in New York. You know, next Wednesday I'm in Chicago and I'm sitting in my apartment barefoot. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. I, but you know, I'm yep. gonna say the prep, the prep for that. I mean, there's prep about arriving to the venue, yep. getting ready for the venue, oh, yeah. kind of going over what your thing is. One thing. Yes. So how how different is that prep when you're doing it from home? Well, you see, that's the thing. And you know, I mean, we all sort of my comedy pals, we all you know secretly to each other are going, "It's pretty great." It just is. I mean, because most, especially in Los Angeles, it's driving there and driving there. If you have two shows in a night, I mean, you can cover the entire city. You know, um, oh, so wow. this is just wow. like. Just sitting in your apartment and, you know, getting like logging on five minutes before the show starts, right. you know, and, and, yeah. and listening to the show while you're doing your dishes. Then you sit down for, you know, 10 minutes or whatever, do the show and go. So it really is. I mean, I mean, yes, we need a live audience. And I'm sure you, I mean, the same thing. Live mm. audience is what we want. There's energy. Mm-hmm. You get the reaction. But it's it's enough. It's enough. And if this is how it's going to have to be for a while. You're okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll You're do okay it. with it. I'll yeah. do it. Now, yeah. I, I worry about how Hollywood is right now, being that such a show-busy place. I just remember being there last, I don't know, last October, I think, very quickly for a quick uh, visit with friends. Comedy Store was the only one yeah. that I said, God, I was here in the 70s, and the Comedy Store uh, was happening. That was really yeah. the place to go. But so it's, and it's still kind of this. It's still kind of is. is it? Yeah. Well, okay. that's the thing. It is. Comedy Store is sort of the, uh, it's a landmark still. Um, but, you know, then there's Laugh Factory and there's the Improv and they're all, you know, they're both, you know, spots to go see. And, you know, and then they have sort of, I think what the comedy community is worried about, it's the sort of more independent venues that run sort of the more alternative shows, which happen to, you know, which are often our favorite shows. And we're, I think people are scared about those. Because they're they're pubs, what, what, in what way? they're bars, you know, like the oh, Virgil, okay. you know, like little little spots that they, you know, there's a little place called the Lyric Hyperion. It's a cafe, but it's got a performance, and those are the ones that the comedy community is worried about that they're gonna that they're gonna disappear. Um, but the oh. clubs, I think, will be okay, you know. But the comedy store is yeah. the comedy store is it, it's legendary, and that's those are the ones that, that they do shows until like three o'clock in the morning. So if I'm going up at midnight, I'm probably at the comedy store, you know. Hey, let me tell you, at the back. I was in, yeah. I was in my early twenties when I went to the comedy store oh. and Richard, Richard, um, who's the guy that was a guy that was on the, one of the cop shows, Richard Belzer. Oh. oh yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Belzer was up on stage and he was so sweary and he went through oh. this woman's <laughs> bag and I was like, thank <gasps> God I'm sitting way behind, oh, but it was such Listen. a sight to see. Yeah, and that is, I mean, that's, first of all, I forgot that Richard Belzer was a comedian because he's been yeah. on that, you know, that murder show for so long. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's so funny. And, you know, it is that kind of thing from the 70s and the 80s, the, the two decades where it scared people into sitting in the front row. Like people, people still don't want to sit in the front row of a comedy uh, show because people don't really do that anymore. Do you know what I mean? They just, you know, they don't kind of, some, some do, but they don't really go after the crowd. But that's Richard Belzer and that, that generation oh. is what made people terrified to sit in the front row. Can you imagine terrified someone going through your bag? Uh, 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 no, no, I would leave. I would, no. I would leave immediately. Yeah, not ever. Uh, I, 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 I say kudos to you for uh, being in the business that was mm. mostly 
male dominated, uh, thanks mm-hmm. to Joan Rivers and Ann Mira, the late great Ann Mira and Joan Rivers. Yeah. Uh, you know, Phyllis Diller. I mean, those were oh, there was God, only a yeah. handful. Yeah. Toady Fields. Let me go way back if mm. I can. Um, that that um, it's there are more female comics now, and and is that that must be good for you, like as a sorority it's, it's wonderful women. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and the thing is, too, it's like, okay, so I've been doing comedy for 20 years. And now, I mean, even now, I, I have, it's it's crazy because I think, you know, I, my brain is like, but I'm still a kid. How is it? But 20 years, it's changed so much. It's changed so much. When I started in the year 2000, when I started, mm-hmm. there were, there was, there was less women. You know, there, there was, like, if there was 10 comics on a show, there'd be one woman. And now it's like three, you know, which is, might sound small, but it's yeah. not. I mean, that's more than doubled, you know? And so it's amazing now. And it's um, it's really supportive. I feel like in the last probably like five years, um, there's just been an uprising. And I think it's, you know, what's going on in the world. I, it's just an uprising of women supporting each other. And um, yeah. I always feel like there was, it there always felt like a, um, a real element of competition. Of like, there's only so much space. You know, there's one woman, only one woman's going to get it. And now it's just mm. that sort of, you know, dog eat dog it's not it's really not there as much as it used to be and i mean i this is mm-hmm. me I, i'm saying this you know living in hollywood you know it's it's just not it's it's much more supportive mm-hmm. and it's um it's lovely you know it's lovely to see and it's and it's young women starting and it's just it's absolutely it's it's thrilling and it's um you know and the gay community is also really you know really has a presence now Support. and it didn't it mm-hmm. didn't 20 years ago you know so it's really it's great Yes, we're on a good trajectory. Yeah. Keep going. You're a good, yeah. Well, I got to tell you, Deb, mm-hmm. when I started, I'll say, I, well, I, I put on Instagram 40 years ago in radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was hired at a radio station, and I was their first female disc jockey. And at the time, because we were reminiscing the other day, my friends and I from my uh, university, my alma mater, how about we could only, we would never start the hour off as a DJ with a female, and you would never play women back-to-back on a oh. radio station, a top 40 radio station. Now, seriously, oh. why? Oh. And that's 40 why? years ago. That just, I mean, yeah. it sounds like that should be a hundred years ago. It's like, are you kidding? Yeah, but that was 40 I years know. ago. Well, yeah. 40 years but ago. But that was the same thing so, in comedy. Um, you would never do, they would never do women back to back 20 years ago. You would never, you know, two, two women would be, yeah. you know, yeah. peppered in with, men. yeah, never, ever. And now it's like all women shows, yeah. all women, you know, comedy, uh, you know, groups and clubs yeah. and everything. Yeah. So we know what isolation looks like because we're looking at you right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we know yeah. that you're doing some <laughs> things on isolation. But, yeah. you know, you you are so busy on, on Twitter. And I have to tell you, uh, <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> I'm do so, you like I enjoy myself so much. Or no? It's just jokes for me. I just, I enjoy myself so much. <laughs> no learning. Uh, There's no learning on my Twitter. Um, <laughs> uh, I got my stimulus check. I'm less than stimulated. Uh, oh my! I mean, why am I even doing your comedy? I, I'm gonna do a couple of them, but I want you. Okay. Good. I, you know, thank. Ready? Thank you, Rain. I was really hoping to cry outside today. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, I, I mean, I, there's some. I just watched a hot guy cut a pear for two minutes on TikTok. Jesus Christ! What has my life become? And then you put in parentheses, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> ah! 
I mean, it's just, it's therapy. It's actually therapy is what it is. I should be, all that should go in my journal, but yet I say it on Twitter. Do you know what I mean? That should be private. There's gotta be a book on this. I mean, my future husband will be walking his fine ass down the aisle in gray sweatpants or he will be marrying someone else. That's my friend Zach. That's my friend Zach. Oh yeah. That's my friend Zach. And we do, we do a podcast together the two of us and oh my goodness we have so much fun but it's true it's like there is there's got to be a book in there maybe that's what i should do compile all my tweets so i adore you and i love your humor so much and uh you make me laugh all the time and and so but my question is when you post stuff like this yeah do people have you ever had people that knowingly steal from you you know what? Oh, that's a good question because that does, it's, it's a bit rampant now, you know, in the world of yeah. social media, because you can, I mean, there, there are really no guidelines. There's no real protection for people lifting and taking, you know, oh, cause all you need to do is screenshot, take it and use it as yours. And it happens. It happens yeah. a lot to like women. I know to comedians that I know it, it does ha- to my knowledge, it's not happened to me. Because it's usually, it's one of those things that when it does happen, sort of like the Twitterverse, you know, lets you know, they come and they, you know, oh, they, they, they stand up yeah, for you. Yeah. But it's, it's very strange because it's always, you know, um, a situation where it's someone much more sort of, quote unquote, powerful than you, uh, you know, like a, a celeb of some sort, a sports, um, you know, an athlete that's trying yeah. to be funny on Twitter. And that's, that's one that was happening um, in the not too uh, distant past. What like that stealing, like it was, there was um, just, um, oh. gosh, who was it? There's, there's a couple, I feel like, I can't remember if it was a football player or something, but he was, you know, trying to be funny on Twitter and just using people's jokes, using people's tweets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing is like, We've got this now, like, you know, tagging people. That's all you have to do is just tag it. But they, they want it to come out, look, make it look like they were the genius that thought mm-hmm. of it. And then, of course, their question is, is like, um, you know, oh, it's just I just a uh, similar thought. But it's not. It's like word for word. And yeah, and it, it happens a lot. It happens. And I, well, what do you do about it? I don't know. I don't know. Well, there was, I yeah. won't say the name because this man is no longer alive, but there was accusations of a very famous mm, stand-up male comedian yeah. Yeah. who mm-hmm. used to stand in the back of the comedy store. Yes. And then yeah. he would take who, like the first people on that, you know, they were just trying out their stuff mm-hmm. or go, no, not even the comedy store. He would go to other comedy places out, outside yeah. of LA and then he would take them and then he would make them his. Um, and yes. that wasn't a great reputation to have. And that, no, that, I mean, and, but then and I that think, was that, yeah, no, that was, I know, I know who you're speaking about. And there was sort of like yeah. a, an unwritten rule that was, everyone was always like, if he's in the room, don't go on stage because whatever oh. you're, or do, yeah, do, do the jokes you hate or jokes you, you know, what, yeah, that, that was always sort of the unwritten, wow. you don't want to be on stage when he's in the room because yeah, it's, well, um, yeah. it happens. Yeah. And again, it's like, it's the power thing. It's like, if they're more successful than you. You know, it's going to be theirs. They're just going to take it, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've, I've asked musicians, uh, you know, there's only so many keys, right? There's yeah. only so many. Yeah. How can yeah. you not, when you're doing your writing, composing something, how mm-hmm. you cannot, you know, take from maybe a friend or something you just yeah. heard? Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. you have to be so careful, especially yeah. now more than ever, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And that Let does us talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does. Let's yeah. go ahead. 
It does happen. And it's like, and you have a tendency to ask, you know, your friends, has, have you heard this before? Has someone said this before? Because there are, oh, I mean, okay. you're right. It's like, there's only so many topics. There's only, we're all humans on the planet and, you know, we all have similar um, experiences. So it's normal for, for jokes to sound similar, you know, that it, but, yeah, yeah. but the way we, the way we do things and the way we kind of look at things is, is still original. And, you know, it's, um, you can tell when someone's, lifted something you know because it's usually word for word yeah or very unlike yeah, them yeah. or like out of their style or whatever but yeah and you know deb if you even change one word in a joke you could blow the whole joke so you can't do that oh, either that, right that's exactly it that's exactly it or even just mm. like the way you deliver it it's a it's a whole thing mm-hmm. okay so what was your first joke ever Ooh! you know it was probably something about the town i uh, grew up in uh, a little town called Tilsonburg when I was growing up in southwestern Ontario. I had only had like 7,000 people. And I think the the, the the first joke was about how we only had a one like intersection with lights, but it turned off, the lights turned off at 11 o'clock and to just, it just went to flashing. So I think the joke was like, uh, but you know, don't get me wrong. It's not a dull town. Cause there's like, you know, a dance party every night, 11 o'clock at the main intersection with the lights. <laughs> not a, I mean, it wasn't a winner. It wasn't a winner, but it was, you know. <laughs> but it was cute. And that, that was true. Well, yeah, it was true though. I mean, how old were you? Did. How old were you when you when you came up with that one? I started uh, at twenty seven. I was just about to turn twenty eight when I started doing comedy. I know an old woman. So when did you? Yeah. Did you know? Did you know? You're not an old woman. Did you know, or did your family say, or your sisters? What you know that you were funny? Like I mean, you have to have that. (sighs) I was talking. I was talking to Jim Gaffigan the other day. Name dropping. Yeah. 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 My family is funny. My family is funny. They're, they're, they're funny people. My brother is still one of the funniest people I know. Uh, yeah. My sister, my older sister, Erica, very funny. My dad's funny. Um, and everyone else is good laughers. You know, they're all, they're just good laughers. So I think, you know, um, I was definitely, you know, I always made my friends laugh when I was a little girl, but the idea of performing didn't even, it really honestly when I started working at the TV station with you, like that's when it started to percolate. Yeah. So I was probably about yeah. 24 when I worked for uh, city TV, much music and Bravo. And that's when it started. I met my best friend and um, we're, you know, still best friends today. And she, is that Robin? Like, that's when people started saying, yes, it is. That's my best friend, Robin. And that's um, when it started. People started saying to me, have you ever thought of performing? And it just, you know, like secretly, yes, but never, never really kind of thought I could do it. And then it just, I mean, honestly, and at the time, I mean, this was like, what, 94? Um, do you remember, like, they really used to let people at the station do things. You know, they really did. Like, there's, in the archives of that, of much music, I'm all over that. Like, they would be like, Deborah, we need someone. I'm like, okay! And I would run in and do whatever, you know? And so that was really cool. They let us have that sort of experience. So through working there, I realized, oh, no, yeah, this is this is what I want to do. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then I was probably there for about four years, maybe five years. And that's when mm-hmm. I left. It was because I was... I was doing comedy. I started doing comedy. Where did you go? It was Humber College had started their comedy uh, program. And it was, um, oh. yeah, Humber College had started. They started in 1999. And they it was just a year. It was a nine-month program. And I remember, like, literally, I was in the newsroom. And it was a, it was a press release. And people came up to me. And they're like, you should do this. And I, I think I, like, applied sitting at my desk at my lunch. You know what I mean? Just that was the day. 
that I decided. And wow, then, yeah, and I started, you. I went to that school for nine months and it was lovely too. The, the program still exists, but I think it's like three years now. But when I did it, it was, um, it was just a little bit of everything, you know, it was like acting, screenwriting, uh, stand up, improv. And it was yeah. lovely. It yeah. was lovely. It was, I think it was the, it was a- the boost. It was the courage that I needed to, to cause then after mm. that, I just started doing stand up and have not stopped. So, so I've got a couple of questions for you. I'm so happy that you did that because you were you're so mm. good. Deb, from my memory, used to give out, uh, used to do tours, and was one of the funniest tour guides yeah. Yeah. throughout the building. I, I, I don't funny. know. Yeah. I'd walk by a tour and I'd go, "Did she just say that?" Okay, she did. Um, but, but, yeah, but let true. me tell you, yeah, it's true. But trying out comedy. So I'm thinking about people that are listening to this right now. And wanting mm-hmm. getting into comedy, that's part. Oh yeah. Um, okay. But you know, you know, having an encouraging family, uh, getting into a, a you know, a, a system where you got to try out, you know, and being encouraged again through school, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know, going to, you know, th- I mean, did you get a manager? Did you book yourself? And then <clears throat> a quick trajectory, because we only have so much yeah. time. How you landed in L.A. Because that's that's huge. Yeah. That's a big story. That's a big thing. Yeah. Okay. Because I get a lot of, um, you know, people saying, how do you, if I want to be a comedian, what do I do? And my answer is yeah. always, okay, what, I don't care what city or town you live in. Um, it, that doesn't matter. If you, if you live in a small town, you're going to have to create comedy. So you go to a coffee shop and you go, hi, on Tuesdays at seven, can I do a comedy show? And you find somewhere to perform is what you do. Because mm-hmm. the most important mm-hmm. thing is you have to be on stage as much as possible. Comedy, you have to learn it on your feet. Um, stand up, you have, you have to be on stage. So um, if you are fortunate enough to live in a city that has uh, a comedy scene, and of course, you know, Toronto is amazing and thriving, but you know, Montreal, uh, Ottawa, Calgary, Vancouver, you know, Edmonton, they all have wonderful comedy mm-hmm. scenes. So if you can get to one of those cities, amazing. Uh, and then it's just get on stage as much as you uh, can. And then you just start writing in terms of like sets. So you just start small, you get three minutes that works all the time. And then that moves to five and that moves to seven. And then once you start getting like a seven to 10 minute set, that's when you try to, um, uh, you go to clubs, almost all clubs have open mic nights. And then it's just like a bit of a, you know, it's just a, you just start, you, you host and then they let you feature. And then as you keep accumulating time, you know, then you move to headliner. I mean, this is not, you know, overnight. This is like, that's probably like a 10 year, that's a 10 year project mm-hmm. right there. What I've just said. And mm-hmm. then, you know, um, for me, I did, I moved to LA in my 14th year of, of comedy. I've been here. This is year seven for me in LA. And I was, I would say, honestly, um, I wish I would have moved earlier, uh, only because, you know, I'm tired. I'm old and tired and starting over <laughs> is hard, you know? So yeah, I'm not joking. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. ah, I hear what you're saying this, now. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've done mm-hmm. all of it. I did all the open mics and then you had to start over again. Um, but um, yeah, so moving, moving to a bigger city is necessary. And unfortunately, um, LA or New York is also probably going to be necessary. You can absolutely have a wonderful career in, uh, Canada. And I did, and I'm so grateful and I still do. But, um, I think there is, you know, if you want to sort of tackle the world, then it's probably going to have to be, uh, Los Angeles, New York, or London. Um, you're going to have to move to one of them just because it's just a bigger oh, scope. And then, yeah, and yeah. I'd say try to do that like in year like ten or so, just because yeah. you're still yes energetic. Well, no, I agree. <laughs> yeah. You know what? No, I get you because in broadcasting, I I worked in the different places, and then I landed mm-hmm. after ten years in Toronto, 
And yeah. then I've been there ever since. And I get that because it takes a different energy uh, mm-hmm. to to recreate or to introduce yourself uh, to viewers Absolutely. and listeners and, and, and the audience for sure. Uh, rejection. All right, Deb. Let's yeah. talk about rejection. <laughs> Oh, my I favorite rejection too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. tough. Some people are so cruel with it. I, so mm. I'm just going to talk about, you know, the people that are running the Cubs is one thing, the people in the audience, the hecklers and stuff. So how, oh. how does, how do you compartmentalize that? Yeah. You know what? And it's even now it's even harder now because of social media, because you know, now yeah. people under the cloak of, you know, anonymity, say whatever they want. And then it's in print and it's, you know, that, that's the heart. Now, of course, rejection is a part of it. Rejection, of course, is a part of life, but as a performer, it's, it's, it's a real, um, 50%, more than 50% of the time you get no. But the thing is with no, um, you know, there's, we all have this sort of saying like rejection is protection. You know, it's just, that wasn't for you, you know? So that takes years of, of, getting rejected to remember it's just not for you that's it it's not it's not right. personal it's not for you now you do have a lot of people that are kind and um mature and they say to you no thank you um often you don't hear anything and then you watch it and you go oh she got it you know that that always kind of stinks because you want to just, oh, just say no gotcha. oh, but that doesn't yeah. that yeah. that doesn't happen all the time rarely happens to be honest but then in terms of like live performance rejection is much different in live performance because it's happening right there in your face viscerally mm. happening you know mm-hmm. um heckling but it's something that like heckling is awful but what's almost worse is a crowd that just is silence is worse than heckling. Silence is always worse than heckling. Heckling, at least you're like, I'm going to say something to you. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, sh- you know, use my comedy chops to deal with this. But Shut you down. Is, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Silence is deafening. It's that's the hardest when people are just like, nope, and there's nothing you can do, and you just get off stage and you're sweating and you're just, oh, it just oh. feels like a punch, you know. But then, of course, the only thing you do is get on stage immediately as quick as you can because the next yeah. show will be better and then you know the show after that like yeah. just the, the minute you have your next good set that rejection's gone it's done um but yeah. in the world that, of like that's of a heckling tough room. And cruel it is a tough room that's yeah. it you know and it happens to everyone that's the beautiful thing it happens to everyone so if people are like oh i never bomb that's a liar right there it's impossible you everyone okay. does no not everyone likes I, you it's impossible to, for everyone to like you and that's so fine you get off i'm fine stage. with that you go, that was yeah. a bad show. I know I've had mm. uh, many of them. You, and yeah. you go home and yeah. you go, ah. you take a shower, and you, you laugh have a good night's friends. sleep, and it's startling. You oh, yeah, yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. You laugh with your friends. There you go, that was terrible. And they're like, oh, yeah. That did. And you have a giggle with your with your community because they it happens to them. But the, the one thing that I would yeah. say, and this is for the performers of the world, the online sure. stuff is the hardest. And the messages do not read the comments. Just don't read them. I have stopped reading comments about, I'm going to say about 10 years ago. I just stopped. I don't read good and I don't read bad because I just don't anymore. It's just, it's not, there's no, there's no benefit there. You know, I I have friends that are are still young in the comedy world and they read the comics and the the comments and they try to, they try to, you know, know, talk to them. I just like, stop, just, you got to stop. And then they call me, why are there so many people? Like it's when, when people anonymously write things, that's that's their issue. It has nothing to do with you. Just do not read the comments, and you will be so yeah. much happier. So much happier. I just I, I just don't. I, I just live in my little I, world. I, I hear you. <laughs> oh no no oh, yeah. no no. Uh, radio, yeah. television. Yeah. I get every day, sometimes many times a day, 
And there's some stuff that they don't even tell me that I get. And I think of that. I think of the guy in the basement eating, you know, a a stale sandwich and there's a mustard stain on on his cardigan. (laughs) Absolutely. And this is his moment. That's my troll. That's the thing. Yeah. That's his moment. That's his, that's his, the moment. You know what I mean? That's everyone wants to be able to say what they want and, you know, they never show their face. They never, you know, it's no, it's, it's, it's absolutely, that's their problem. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you. Have you had any famous comedians in LA or it doesn't matter where they're from, mm-hmm. but, but because you live mm-hmm. in LA kind of give you guidance. Cause it sounds like you're doing a lot of mentoring yourself, but do you, have you had anybody? You know, it's, it's, yeah, that's interesting. There are a lot of, you know, that's the thing about being here. It's like you go to a show and it's just, you're like, your favorite comic is on the bill or in the crowd. It's so exciting. And it's not, I don't think I've had mentoring from sort of like a a level of fame that everyone would know what I was talking to, but like um, talking about, but like in the community, people that I revere and people that I'm inspired by. Yeah. You know, and it might be, you know, the best Stellings and Nikki Glazers and Maria Bamford's of the world. That Those are the ones that, you know, people How are just know, know who they are. How do we know? Yeah, because they're just who fantastic. Nikki Glazer is, Nikki Glazer is uh, sort of famous for doing Comedy Central roasts. And she's, oh, she's brilliant. Okay. She's brilliant. Her stand-up specials, she's one, she's one of my favorite comedians. She is absolutely brilliant. Maria Bamford also too has been one of my favorite uh, comedians my entire career. She's probably... I want to say she's been doing it maybe 30 years, maybe more. And she, I think she, she had a Netflix show. She's constantly doing specials. She writes so much. And these are the people that when you see them, you know, and they just, you know, even just saying good set, that was funny. That's, it's almost all you need. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you don't even necessarily yeah. need that. Like you should do, do that. It's just when someone that you are inspired by mm-hmm. says to you, good work, then your brain goes, okay, all right. There we go. I can, I can do this for another day, you know, because it's just, you know, you want your, everyone wants the audience to laugh, but comedians really want other comedians to laugh. That's we well, you want your, you want why, your peers to, to like you. Right. Yeah. Right. That's why, that's why Seinfeld comedian cars is, is one yeah. of those things, which that's why I we love find that. interesting because when they're first getting together in that special car, yeah. you're going, they're not, and then it eventually kind of they make each other laugh, and it's yes. and it's really interesting oh, to see that's behind the want. scenes. That's a that's great you show. Want. You yeah, you yes. want your peers. It is, isn't it? You want your peers to to find you funny. That's just it. Because and when people make other people laugh, you know, it's sort of like people always ask me like, "Oh, as a comedian, do you still laugh?" I'm like, "Yes, but only really funny." <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's right. We start to get this. Yeah. You know what I mean? You start to get this. Kind of it starts to I get you, know, you start to not everything makes you laugh now, but when it's really funny, we laugh. And so when you can make like you know like Bill Burr, me walking oh, off the stage and him going, "That was great," you're just like, "Oh, thank you," you know. Oh my god, things like that, you know, Margaret Cho, we, you know, like the, the people that oh just, Margaret Cho, you know, Sarah funny. Silverman, oh yeah, 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 like yeah. those were the that was great. You look like, oh, thank you. So it makes you makes you feel good. I just talked to my boyfriend Roomba, and I swear he heard me and responded. Listen, the Roomba's changed my life. I named him Mitchell. <laughs> His name is Mitch. And uh, I, when I'm telling you, every day when he finishes <laughs> vacuuming and then they send me that text, Mitch has successfully completed a job. I'm like, ah, oh, the best relationship I've ever had. I'm telling you. Oh. He's so reliable. He's so reliable. He's a little loud, but I'll live with him. Yeah. <laughs> 
I love it. Deb, we're running out of time, my friend. I I so love speaking to you. But here's what I want to say. No, I want to know where people can follow you because I do it all the time and you make me laugh just like you did now. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, On Twitter, it's my full name. On Twitter, it's Deborah DiGiovanni. And on Instagram, it's Deborah DG. So D-E-B-R-A-D-G. And what's next for you after the pandemic? What's going to work? Oh, gosh. Hopefully back on tour. Um, My tour was paused when uh, when this happened so hopefully we're they're aiming for september october and that's in canada so i'm um, and that would be ontario that would be toronto oh i'll come see you oh my um, god yeah that's uh, yeah so hopefully hopefully i'll be able to give dates um soon so yeah we're really hoping okay. to finish it up in probably september october yeah. and that's it really i just would i just want to get i just want to get back on stage as much as i can so yeah, I know. And are you are you writing yeah. a lot for like? Are you thinking about yeah. screenwriting and doing all that? Yeah, yeah. Good. I good. mean, yeah. You know, now it's like you know we're thinking in different terms now. Now it's everything. It's like you got to think of something you can shoot in your apartment. But it's you know yeah. it's a good yeah. challenge. It's a good challenge. It's like you know, like yeah, can you do it within the confines of your one bedroom apartment? I'm like, yes. Yeah. You, you just got to do. Yeah. But it's fun. It's it's good. It's good. All for right. The well, listen. Yeah. Deb Giovanni, you are yeah. one of my favorite people. I just love. Oh, I just love you. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you. Hopefully, you'll come and visit in Canada in the fall. And if not, we'll do another podcast together. All the best, my darling. Sounds good. Marilyn Dennis does a podcast. New episodes every week. You can download or subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.